I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> Look at that, it's fine. <laughs> and this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Well, Crawford, we got this week what we didn't want, which was a flashback episode. And they tried to tie it in thematically a little bit with what's going on present day, but not uh, yep. not as much as I wanted. We knew we were getting a flashback episode. Sure. We, like that, there was no there was no doubt about that. We just wanted any kind of yeah present day at all. Is Joel gonna live? Sure. Is he gonna die? Is a fourteen year old going to be able to perform major surgery with a thread and needle yeah who can know we'll never know yeah you'll have to wait a whole another seven days like you you idiots <laughs> yeah this is uh, kind of what we feared uh because you get the opening scene of this episode episode seven of uh ellie or joel telling ellie look leave me go back find tommy you know Run, run away, run, save yourself, essentially. Um, Which, again, to be clear, as we mentioned in the previous episode, Tommy just should have come anyway. Yeah, he should have just been there. Uh, he, he was, was going to go come. anyways. And then yeah. uh, and then she's walking up the stairs and like, oh, is she really going to leave him? No one at any point in time believed that she was going to leave Joel, right? There's no way. I believed it for a second. Actually, the first, like, the first two seconds when she touched that knob and, like, was moving out of it i was like you little ungrateful <laughs> child how dare you oh i was gonna say other words but i didn't want to get bleeped out i was like how dare sure. you yeah this man did everything for you and then i was like ah she's not going anywhere. sure and then you get the uh the flashback sequence to ellie growing up in the fedra camp at this fedra camp we're introduced to uh storm reed as riley uh, did she look yeah. familiar to y'all? Have y'all uh, seen Storm Reed in anything? So I had searched her for this. Oh, okay. And then when it said Wrinkle in Time, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, see, I first recognized her as Deadshot's daughter from the Suicide Squad. Deadshot? Will Smith's character. Yeah. Or no, Idris Elba. Uh-huh. Yeah. Idris Elba. Man, those movies run together on me now because they're basically the same superhero character who's the lead. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but that's the first one. It is. It's Idris Elba's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead shot. He was hot shot. Who cares? Um, she's great. And then A Wrinkle in Time too. yeah, which was not a good movie, I don't think. Uh, I thought that she gave a really strong performance in this episode. Yeah, I agree. I thought she was great. So let's just sum all this up real quick because if you're listening to this, you probably watched the episode. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys, this is my least favorite episode of the series so far. Wow. I don't know if it was bad, but I just know that I, I didn't like it. Um, I did think that the escalator scene in the mall was really fun. <laughs> uh, just the pure joy of seeing an escalator for the first time being like, what? These stairs move? I thought that was like really fun. And I think Ellie gives you, like once an episode, uh, Bella Ramsey gives you that just truly childlike uh, wonder at things that we see every day and that uh, it gives a really fun little spin to uh, the character. Uh, yeah. I think this was my least favorite episode because there was no Joel and Ellie banter for the mm. most part, Yeah, um, which has kind of been my favorite thing about it. But you get the, the escalator scene, the merry-go-round, the arcade scene, uh, Mortal Kombat 
fight uh, was fun. Was incredible. I thought. Yeah. Um, but the whole time, I was just like, what are y'all doing? Like, <laughs> why are you turning on all these lights? Why are you screaming? You know, like, we're in a zombie apocalypse here. Everybody knows you're not supposed to make a whole bunch of noise. So you want to feel bad for the characters who get bit at the end. It's also like, didn't we see this coming? Shouldn't Should we maybe have turned on half the lights? Or maybe go. used our inside voices while playing Mortal Kombat 2. Well, uh, you can't use your inside voices when you play Mortal Kombat 2. That's if a good you're going to use that's a fatality, a, a fact. I mean, it's just, it's it's genetic. I think it's ingrained in us. I don't know where it comes from. And then you get the, uh, I mean, I just wasn't really interested in Storm Reid and Bella Ramsey's relationship kind of at all. Did you feel the same? Man, I... I have so many disagreeing points with you. Oh, I thought this episode brilliant. was fantastic. Okay. I loved it. I, I loved it so much. Uh, I thought it was a... Again, I've talked about this on every episode so far. This is not a zombie apocalypse show. This is a well-done show that has occasionally zombies in it. And this episode was a high school coming-of-age movie. This was a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This was a book smart. This was a ladybird. This was like if like a high school kid is figuring it out and they're going to make mistakes and they're going to live life and they're going to think they're at the top of the world and like this is as good as it gets and then they're going to get hit by reality and like whatever. They're going to find true love, quote unquote, like they don't know, like it's all crazy. Like it was refreshing to see that that like those tropes, those emotions could still exist even in a zombie apocalypse, right? Like high school crushes still happen. Wanting yeah. to sneak out and break the rules and skip school still happens. Wanting to yeah. uh, try to impress other people and act like you know what they're talking about, but like you actually don't know like what they're talking about still happens like you're still a high school teenager even in the zombie apocalypse and i thought that that was really refreshing and fun and that's why i really liked the show yeah i'm gonna fall on crawford's side here i mean it was very it felt very relatable i think i I understand what you're saying kyle in that i i think they do such a good job of being awkward teens that it is uncomfortable to watch a lot of it just because they're doing such a good job of being like, oh, these two people are so insecure, but they want to be close to each other, but they don't know how to be close to each other. Um, I don't know. I thought it was really powerful stuff. And I I, I didn't get a chance to listen to your episode six uh, pod, so I apologize, team. I will get on that right away. So I don't know where y'all fell on the flashback episode. It seemed like y'all were really upset about it. Um, I, I really like the idea of what they're doing, which is to... You know, Ellie has an opportunity to leave Joel at this moment, and then they're going to show you why she's not going to, and that you get all of her backstory. I think it would have been a little bit more powerful of a moment if this happened after Joel tells her that you have to go with Tommy, and then we get all of her flashback, and then they go down to the stables, and Joel's like, okay, I'll go with you if you want. I think that's where this flashback should have taken place, because I think you're right, Kyle. At no point did you ever believe Ellie was going to leave Joel, so you don't really need it in this moment. They're trying to add a whole lot of weight to it. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. I don't, 
I don't think that the weight was necessarily... I, I think at the beginning it comes from, is Ellie going to leave Joel? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Question mark, cut to the flashback. I think as you get to the flashback, you realize... I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like two minutes in to like Riley showing up, I was like, oh, well, she's going to die. Yeah. Like, I didn't play the game. I didn't know, but like... She's not there now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ellie doesn't talk about her. This was my best friend, and I clearly have a crush on her. It's like, well, that girl's dead. Yeah. Like, you, you get that, and then, like, as it builds, you're like, oh, man. Look how look how much fun they're having. Look how, like, innocent and joyous this whole interaction is. It's going to hurt real bad when she dies. Like, you just know <laughs> it's going to happen. You know this is when Ellie gets bit minutes. and yeah. then this girl dies. And I'm just like, I'm, my heart is breaking watching them have fun and yeah. flirt and, like, try to, like, figure out, do we like each other? Does the other person feel the same way? What are moving stairs? Does Do these horses <laughs> go in a circle? Like, what, like watching them process all of this and the wonderment of teens also in the back of my head going, she's gonna die. She has to die. But then you watch her take care of Ellie, right? Like there's that moment at the beginning where the bully says like, you don't fight your friend fights. And then uh, later on when the zombie first shows up, Riley steps in front and pushes Ellie to the back and pulls out the gun. Like Riley's the protector. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, so so the weight at the end of it comes from Ellie lost her best friend and protector. And then you come back to the end of the episode where Ellie is scrambling frantically trying to find a way to save her current friend and protector. Yeah. Because she already lost it once, right? So where the the drama at the beginning of the cut comes from is ellie about to leave it comes back to how is ellie going to save her protect like there's no longer the question of is she leaving it's the question of can she save her protector or is she about to be alone again can i ask and you, that's the emotional like break you have as the as the viewer sure ahead, instead of instead of one zombie attacking two girls that are wearing halloween masks and dancing <laughs> to music in the middle of a mall <laughs> Would it have been, and then her, you know, getting bit while trying to save Riley, would it have been more impactful for the storytelling to have a horde of zombies approach them and then Ellie leaves Riley to die because she's trying to save her own skin, Woof. which gives you the different twist then on her going back Mm. for Joel as opposed to leaving him like she had left Riley. That was kind of my thought at the end of being like, I feel like. I know this was a game. I think there was like a comic book written about the game afterwards or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, that would have been maybe more fun spin and maybe more of like, oh, this is why you need this flashback in this instance is to see Ellie's character grow and make a different decision than what she would have made years prior or months prior. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't like that as much. Uh, I, I feel like when Ellie says I've hurt somebody before, my uh, this is just my interpretation is that at some point she has to kill Riley, who's turned into a zombie. Oh, big time. At some point, that's how I think the next two hours go. And then I don't know how she ends up with Marlene, but that's how I read the scene, and that makes a lot of sense, like traumatic wise. Um, 
I get what you're saying, I, though. I think she kills Riley and then, like, is lovesick with grief and doesn't know how to handle it. And Marlene shows up because it's a Firefly yeah. base camp. So Marlene comes back to be like, what happened? Like, go where to are our bombs at? And she's like, why are you standing over this dead Firefly? And why are you also bit? And like... Why haven't you turned yet? You know, and I think that's how that. Man, I was really hoping we're done with this whole flashback deal, and they'll just let us piece together what oh, happens after. No, no, no. I, I think, I it think is. we're done with it too. I okay. think that that's implied oh, what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's like they, they've not held our hand through much. I was like, I really hope we don't go back to see this. Oh no, <laughs> this... I, I don't think we're gonna see that okay. anymore. I think that that is left for you to decide. But I do uh, think. But Kyle, I, I am with. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think that I, I agree one hundred percent with you, Crawford. I think that's a really beautiful story and that's what i think has happened and i think that's better than her betraying her friend so that she can learn to not betray joel in episode seven yeah i i think both of them have very traumatic emotional drivers that could that could move this character uh i think one of them comes from a place of love and one of them comes from a place of shame both can be very, very powerful movers. I think both can be very interesting as a viewer. So, Kyle, to your point, I think that if when Ellie's leaving and then she turns around to be like, maybe I'll go back, and she hears that scream, she runs out. Mm-hmm. What if Riley was being mauled by 20 zombies? And she was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. I turned my back on the person I love in sure. that one moment, and now she's dead because of me. And then she turns and runs and saves her own skin. I think that that could have definitely also been a powerful motivator. But I don't think that that would also move her to have the emotional connection with Joel. Right? The same way that she felt a loss of a protector, a person she felt close to. Uh, but I don't know. That's just me. I think both can be powerful. But I think that the the latter one, the way that the... Uh, artist chose to do the show i think is is pretty impactful and i i love this episode because of how it makes you connect to ellie and her past isn't cinema fun (laughs) three different people can watch the same thing and have different views on it that's why that's why movies and tv are great uh ryan aries got uh ryan area of screen crush has a really good breakdown of how each of the uh each of the things that riley sets up for which are the five wonders of the world or whatever or for like the five different stages of life or whatever. It's pretty good if you're going to watch that. I didn't really buy it, but uh, it ends up with them wearing Halloween masks and dancing to music uh, in the middle of the mall, which then ends with Riley getting bit and also Ellie getting bit. And uh, I do think it, it was cool that they ended that with uh, Riley looking at her being like, well, there's two options here. One, we kill ourselves. And uh, two, we just kind of wait out and see what happens. I thought that was a really fun bit to put in there because uh, yeah, like, you know, it's a good thing Ellie didn't offer herself there because you know, there was hope for her yeah. at least and not for yeah. Riley. And I love that the, the juxtaposition, to use a word that I used to use all the time, um, of that choice at the end of the episode versus the the dead guy they find at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you just took some pills right. and booze and said, screw it. Yeah, and they were like, didn't anybody tell him that he couldn't take these with alcohol? And it's like, yeah, he knew that. He's an adult. Uh, I also, uh, to the point of Ryan Airy, I love what he pointed out of like, 
uh, Joel probably sold him those pills. It's like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Because you know Dang. he's a drug dealer and like supply guy in the Boston QZ. Uh, yeah, he probably did do that. Maybe a, another option the, the episode put out for choices is when the the like head principal at police academy school or whatever tells her, "Hey, police academy five. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you're gonna be a leader, Ellie. You can either go along, you know, follow in line and be a leader and not have to be on sewer duty." Or you can continue to rebel and follow after Riley and what she says, and you can be on sewer duty, you know, in different words. And I feel like if if Ellie's bought into the Fedra system, she kills herself and Riley, maybe in that order. Um, and we don't get... <laughs> that would be impressive. <laughs> we don't get the, uh, the hope and the cure. But because she's sticks up for what turns out to be right and is beautiful and chooses to do the tough thing it seems like and the scary thing um she ends up surviving and we get the really beautiful show so i'm glad she did i know these are fake characters and the choices were written for them but Look, the show's the written so well this episode was reading the joke book i thought it was nice that riley got her another joke book uh but when she's reading the line how does a computer get drunk it takes screenshots they both go <laughs> What's a screenshot thing? I don't know. That was that was the only moment of this episode. I was like, yes, we're back. We done it. We're back. That, that was pretty funny. Yeah. I, I do agree with that. The dad uh, joke book has grown on me a lot. We've had several serious conversations now about about the thing, but I want to pose one maybe fun question for for you both. If you were in this zombie apocalypse world, which one do you think would be your favorite wonder of them all? My my gut reaction is to say arcade, but that's just because I love arcades. I mean, it hasn't changed now. I doubt it would change in a zombie apocalypse, which, as you've mentioned, not that very many zombies. One this episode, was there any last episode? There were none last episode. That is correct. There was one this episode. The average of the last two episodes was half a zombie <laughs> per episode. Um, I'm not great at math, but I can do that. <laughs> so far, so good. Um, but yeah, I think, I think arcade and I think I would do it differently. I wouldn't start out with Mortal Kombat. I would build to Mortal Kombat. That's how, that's just where I'm at. I would maybe do a pinball. I don't think, I think I'd stay away from the racing games. I don't even know what a car is. I'm not interested in it, but yeah, that's the one that I choose. Arcade. Did I win? Did I get a prize? I mean, I think that's fair. I think you're correct. Uh, I think... Teenage me would also be like, arcade is also very appealing. I think teenage me would also be like, you skipped the sixth wonder, which was Victoria's Secret. Uh. <laughs> uh, but that's because I, I, I would have been a teenage boy. That's true. And just been like, what? What is this? What's happening? I don't even understand. Everybody wears gray sweatshirts in the Fedra you would be, school. So You would be Will Smith from I Am Legend just hitting it on one of those mannequins. Seeing like... Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. But um, no, I, I think it, it, it is so funny to see the wonder of basic electronics, right? Like moving stairs and the carousel. The carousel wouldn't have done it for me. Yeah. It would have either been the escalator because I would have been like, why the heck are we taking stairs anywhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it would have been the arcade. 
Like, because that's just endless amounts of fun. Right, right. I, I do... The Halloween store is not doing it for me. Yeah. No, I, I didn't really get that one. And, well, anywho. But the I, I agree with you, the Escalator, it kind of unlocked, like, a secret desire to be in a mall after hours and just ride the Escalator how I've always wanted to, but have been too socially scared to run directly up the down Escalator. Uh, if you've never run up a down escalator, you're, you're missing out of a very important part of life. And I would highly recommend it. You listener at home, leave, leave now, take your AirPods with you. Listen to this podcast as you do it. Let my voice be a voice of encouragement. Run up a down escalator, push people out of the way. Let them know that they're wrong. You're not wrong. (laughs) They're in your way. All right. You're on the uphill climb. As Miley Cyrus says, life is a climb. <laughs> There's a carpe diem, you know. Seize that day. Carpe that diem. Run up that escalator. There's always going to be another escalator. Wow. What a nihilistic escalator. look on life, Kyle. <laughs> oh my gosh. No wonder you wanted the dad pun book. You need some levity in your life. I, I did love... Uh, there, there were several things about this episode that were nice little payoffs from earlier episodes like uh the pun book as we've mentioned which sets up ellie's love for that later on i thought that that was pretty cool i loved the mortal combat game i love that they had the mortal combat poster in her room mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's fun and then when the mortal combat game showed up i was like awesome nice, nice, here nice. we go and I expected, for some reason, Ellie to be good at video games. I don't know why. Right. I just assumed. I was like, oh, look, she's got the poster up. She knows She's reading comic books. Like, here we go. And watching her not know what to do and her friend just be like, smash the buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the most fun experience I've, I had had in a while watching that show. I do call BS that she gets the fatality on her first attempt. Even with her friend walking her through it, there's no way that happens. That the way that should have ended is she should have done down, back, forward, down, a kick, kick, punch, kick, and ended with her just kind of low kicking her friend and falling over. That's how that <laughs> works. This was, I think, another great example of uh, the show diverting from the game. Um, so, as I mentioned last week. After the show is done, I like to go back and watch the side-by-side, which somebody puts up on YouTube every week, of here's what happened in the in the show, here's what happened in the game. A lot of it was the same, and then some of it, they took a divergent on. The, them playing in the arcade, they took a divergent. In the, in the game, I realize I'm saying game a, a bunch. In the game of The Last of Us, when they're in the arcade... None of the games actually work. None of the arcade games work. And so they go and they, they play a game. They played Mortal Kombat. And uh, Riley describes it to Ellie as she closes her eyes and smashes the buttons. And she's like, this is what it's like when the fatality happens. I appreciated the divergent from that of actually them playing it and having fun and, and experiencing the the joy of, of playing it on real life and i thought that that was uh, a, a good decision that they made from the show standpoint i also love the callback to episode four or whatever it was when ellie is like oh mortal Kombat, i love this game there's this one character that like eats your bones and like throws like 
and I I love the way that they set the stage for it earlier in the season, yeah. and then you get a couple of the, the callbacks that. and payoffs for it. Very cool. Yeah. Same same thing with the pun book, right? She's obsessed with the puns, and she's reading from the books, and she gets that from Dead Riley, who is now how I'll refer to her. For Dead the rest Riley. Of the, yeah, <laughs> for the rest of eternity. Oh, that's tough. Before we close out, I want to get your guys' opinion. Does Joel make it out of this stab wound, baseball bat wound to the stomach area? Does he survive? Yes or no? Drew Allen knows the answer to this. Crawford? Oh, man. I hate that. Um, <laughs> I I had an answer, and then you're like, well, he already knows. Well, he played like, the well, game. That doesn't make yeah, me so feel good. Well, really I, I know. I know. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel good about it. Listen, <laughs> all logic tells me no, that this man being stabbed with a broken aluminum bat to what I can only assume Pretty is like sure. the spleen. I don't know. I don't know what vital organ is on the right side of your abdomen. The appendix. But it has There's to be something. Yeah. Like a gallbladder, an appendix, and a spleen. Like something was stabbed and ruptured. Mm. That's all I know from all the episodes of ER I've watched. And. <laughs> In all those episodes of ER and Grey's Anatomy and Scrubs and House, never, ever were any of those wounds sewed up by a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> so, it's not looking good for your boy. The odds are not looking great. Um, but Pedro Pascal has never made a bad movie, so we're going to go with He Survives. Yeah, as the uh, video game expert on this podcast, a couple things. One, it's been debunked a couple times. It's the DLC, The Left Behind, not The Last of Us, which the we are watching. Fun little factoid there, in case one of our twelve listeners knows that and would like to write in. I'm gonna beat you to the punch. <laughs> uh, number two, watching this with your nurse practitioner wife, who also mm, does. God all of the artwork for our podcast it's very hard shout out to watch that scene with somebody over your shoulder being like nah that's not how that works there's no way you can do that <laughs> does anybody teach her how to sew does she know how to sew i'm like i don't know it's needle and thread right what else is there to it don't all 14 year old girls just know how to sew isn't that i want to know what bacteria was on that needle and so, thread that's been sitting in that drawer for you can only imagine years not zombie fungus i'll tell you that <laughs> there's no way there's no way zombie fungus just live on everything yeah. you might touch her first question was are you not going to sterilize that is no one going to sterilize that is that yeah. is that not what we're doing um if he doesn't die from internal bleeding it's definitely from infection to the wound. yeah so I think that that's what Joel was trying to communicate. I love that Pedro Pascal had almost like no words in this episode. Yeah. But I think at the end there, when he looked at her of like, you're back, where everyone's like, oh, he's looking at her like, oh, sweet. Like, you came back for me. Like, I I can't believe you came back. I think he's looking at her going, are are you going to at least like put it in a flame or like, I don't know. Pour some alcohol on it. Apparently, you got some. There's, you got yeah. some whiskey from a dead guy. I don't know if you still got that oh, anywhere. Nice, <laughs> nice. Some good stuff. Apparently, um, I think if the show follows the game, we're going to get a time jump following this episode, um, which is exciting. And the I think the game 
kind of picks up a little bit. So I'm excited to see where the show goes from here. It's going to be almost over, right? The show, yes. Yeah, we got two more episodes, right? Yeah. I, I would yeah. be surprised if the, the show season one goes throughout all of the first game. Have they said that they're doing that? Yeah. At this also, point, I heard there's like very little left of the game. Is that all right? Um, I, I can think of at least one major mission, which I guess they're going through like maybe one, one, a, more one episode? an episode. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes me sad. I want more of this show. Sure. We all want more of this show because it's the best show on television. Thank you for listening to Not the Podcast You Deserve. This has been Not the Host You Deserve, talking about the show we didn't deserve, but we absolutely needed. Tune in next time as we are talking about Not the Oscars You Deserve. Don't want to miss it.